everybody welcome to pretty scary pretty scary boo caitlin fuck you guys oh caitlin come on so disingenuous it it in that voice <laughs> i don't think that's her real voice i think she's putting on i think she's in a cult now i think she's putting on airs to sound tougher but you might be right maybe are we sure caitlin is not in south korea or fiji right now we don't know we don't we can't prove she's not Correct. And honestly, I don't know that she could prove she's not. Correct. I mean, she could get on her phone and show us video of where she's at, but like we know what they're doing with that kind of technology now. That could all be pretend with the metadata and the the fragments and the waves. May I say for as awful as this cultish story is, uh, the pictures you showed of Fiji, it does look beautiful this time of year. It that's the thing. If someone approached me and was like, "Hey, we need a podcast network in Fiji. You want to come?" I, I, I might go. <laughs> All of your network hosts have to beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> then I'm definitely gonna go because <laughs> we verbally do it, but to physically do it, we haven't crossed that line yet. Now that Jeff is back in the fold, it might finally happen because is he? he is supposed to fight danger for charity at some point. So that's back danger on. Van Gorder, not like danger in general. Yeah. Jeff has to. So now that he's back, the fight is back on. <laughs> yes. Danger is not escaping this at all. It will follow Does him to his. want to? Because he's a dad now. I don't know. I don't that know if he wants to. I wouldn't want to. Jeff's a big guy. No, I agree. I and he's definitely got the Jeff. reach on danger. Yeah. So it's going to be a, a hard battle. And he doesn't like drink or party. So I it's know. like he has so more lame. time. I know. So he has <laughs> his body's a more pristine condition. And uh, he has more time to train. Yeah. Gross. Not focus on being hungover and recuperating. What a way to live. Ugh. You might as well join a cult. <laughs> I would argue. Like, is there a difference between CrossFit and a cult? You can't spell CrossFit without C, which is the first letter in cult. What about Orange Theory? Ooh, it's just, the fact that it's tea called theory, theory. Just the fact that cult? it's called Theory, I feel There's like a it's a cult. Tea and Theory. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I, think, I think we're <laughs> on to something. Absolutely. So we are talking about a cult today. This is uh, the second cult episode we've done in recent weeks. Me and Caitlin did a Nexium episode. And we, on the horizon, are going to be talking to someone who has left the Jehovah's Witnesses recently. Well, we also did the, something, Children of Thunder. Oh, yeah, Children of Thunder. That was the, so this is the third. In a short stretch of time. Very I, short I, I amount of time. I do think you have a cult fetish. Well, cults are hot right now. They're all oh, over. Well, yeah, then we want to. The news, and we want to keep our brand. finger on the pulse. Correct. And get that search traffic, things Good. of the like. But I think we have, uh, especially with Children of Thunder and with what we're talking about today, I think we are hitting on some cults that aren't as highly publicized right now. I mean, Nexium, that I think that was our second Nexium episode, maybe our third or fourth on the network altogether. So mm-hmm. everyone's talking about that shit. But who's talking about Grace Road Church? I never heard of it. You said somebody sent this in? No. What I The way I found this, I... 
uh, host a lot of podcasts and I have to do a lot of research for them. And one of the things I do is I just read through hundreds of headlines every morning. And I was actually researching a podcast called What in the World, which is about international news and politics. And I came across this story about the leader of this group being arrested in Korea. And it was a story, I think, on BBC.com or something like that. So I just found this like scanning international news headlines, basically. The, the first picture of her, she looks like a very like friendly, kind South Korean grandmother that she, anybody would want to have. She really does. She looks like the face of Shishido Cosmetics. I don't face know what creams. I don't know what those are, but it's a very popular uh, Asian brand of face cream, which I myself have indulged in on some of my reckless shopping sprees. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for asking. Did it come with a DVD of this church's message? <laughs> it uh, it did. Oh, but since I don't have a DVD player, I just used it as a coaster for my whiskey needs. Yeah, who's got a DVD player? Nobody. Fucking weirdos. Yeah, I used to have one in my work laptop and not no more. I do think I have one laptop still that has a DVD player somewhere, but I don't think I ever use it. Yeah. Who are, what is this? 1990? So now how do people get their messages across? The YouTube channel? YouTube. Okay. This this church has uh, not a big YouTube presence, but they're definitely on YouTube. And we're going to talk about some of their YouTube videos in a minute, but yeah, there was one video in particular that's supposed to be the video and that when you watch it, it will convince you that this church is on to something. But when I clicked the link, the video was gone. Well, their website, and I don't know who their web designer is. My guess is that English is not their first language because it felt very transcribed. I couldn't, I couldn't tell if, and that's why I don't include more quotes from the website, which we'll talk about more in a minute, in the notes, because I couldn't tell if it was that. If it was just, oh, this is obviously roughly translated from Korean into English, and that's why it sounds like such a nightmare. Or if these people are just crazy. Yeah. And that it wasn't a translation thing. in these Because I do have a quote that we'll get to in a second that I really can't tell if it's the translation thing or if it's just, oh, man, these people are nuts. Or a collab. Yeah, could or, be. Or a collaboration of the two. Yeah, could be a collabo. But this is actually fringe religious groups are a big thing in South Korea right now. If you want to read a whole lot more about that, there's an article on the South China Morning mm. Are you a subscriber? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, as am I. SCMP.com by David Lee. It's called What's Behind South Korea's Attraction to Fringe Churches. And spoiler alert, he doesn't really get to what's behind it. He just says, oh, maybe it's a community. Can and we're you like, yeah. I know. Imagine that these French churches are so crazy that you're like, how do I get, how do I escape to North Korea? And that's more comforting. Yeah. Well, I don't, did someone escape to North Korea? No, but I was saying like reading some of these French churches, like they're so insane. It's like, like heads yeah. is bad, tails is bad. Which Korea do you go to? You swim to Fiji. Apparently that's not any better. Yeah, that is, that is one of the problems here. Well, I guess in if you're still in South Korea, you could just escape to a part of South Korea that's not crazy. What's because, left? Well, no, there's lots of... South Korea is a big place with a whole lot. Like, there's 14 million Christians alone in 
South Korea. Yeah. Uh, that's not even the, the total population. So it's a big place. And there's there's places within South Korea you could escape to. Like most of the people who end up escaping this group go back to South Korea and find So they have pockets there. of sanity. Yeah. South Korea is not a... It's not like North Korea where there's just this sort of one... Like regime? Ruling ideology. Yeah. Uh, South Korea is... Uh, it's a little closer to the United States in terms of how their politics work. And that's probably why there's so many Christians uh, in South Korea, because they're, you know, they don't have that ruling ideology that North Korea has, which is called Juche. Avi. Yeah. I kind of want a pair of sweatpants with that on the ass. <laughs> that would be a is it J-U-I-C-E it's with a J-U-C-H-E, but I would put. The yeah. accent at the end. If I had those sweats, and then they'd Let's be get on, those in the merch store on your rum shaker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, the this article though it does have a lot of information about how all of these fringe religious groups in South Korea work, and it identifies a bunch of them. And I just mentioned fourteen million Christians in South Korea. Among them, two million are involved in fringe religious groups that display cult-like behavior, which that's a small fraction, but it's still a lot. Like, I agree. I believe it's around 14%, which still seems like a lot of people to be involved in fringe groups. That seems like a high percentage of... Uh, fringe fringe groups or people joining fringe groups. Do you think they have fringe fest where they have to wear fringe? Uh, I hope they do that. Here's the thing. If being in a fringe group meant you just wore fringe on your sleeves all the time in 100, 100%. Mm-hmm. That would be amazing. Fringe. Fringe. Uh, a lot of these groups have connections to major corporations they bring up an example in this article. In 2014, the MV Suwall ferry sunk, resulting in the deaths of 304 passengers and crew. The owner of the company that managed that ferry became the most wanted man in South Korea. Spoiler, they didn't catch him. He committed suicide in a field. Uh, but he also happened to be the founder of the Evangelical Baptist Church of Korea, also known as the Salvation Sect. So... Just because it sunk, why would he, why was he the most wanted man? Was it because he did something to the ferry to make, to result in those deaths or because I think it was church group? I, I think that what they're pointing out there is just that he had this connection to this huge church group that was investigated over a mass suicide in 1987. Not necessarily that his church stuff had anything to do with the sinking of the ferry, like, I didn't get too deep into the story, but I imagine him being wanted probably had to do with an investigation into that sinking and maybe, like, some negligence on the part of his company. And so he just fled to avoid being charged over that. I don't think they're saying that his church activities sank the ferry. Here's the other thing. The captain is supposed to stay on the boat till the end. Yeah. Well, he's not the captain. He's well, like I the... I thought they said that he manned it. Did Did they? Owner of the company that managed now, the ferry. Yeah, Got he it. was the owner of the company that managed it. But uh, yeah, so they're these. What they're pointing out, and they have a bunch of other examples in there, is that these groups are a lot of times tied to corporations and business owners. And what you see in a lot of cases, and what we see with Grace Road Church, is 
they not only are tied to corporations and businesses, but they recruit these followers and then make them work in those businesses for free. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, it seems less like what's happening in South Korea is so much uh, a lot of fringe groups that actually believe the stuff they're pushing. It feels more like a lot of groups recognizing, oh, if we start a cult, we can get some free labor out of that. And not just in South Korea. I feel like you, you hear that, I mean, <laughs> with cults anywhere, you know, whether yeah. it's Scientologists or I don't know, if, I guess Mormons is in a cult, but Jehovah's Witnesses or whatever, like, you know, with the going out and trying to collect money and you have to collect so much or you go back and you get beaten and you have to sell, you know, cassette tapes or T-shirts or, you know, give yeah. out pamphlets. And you've got a quota each day. Yeah, it always. Have you watched uh, the family, which mm -hmm. is on Netflix right now? It's about a religious kind of a cult, but more organization that has been influencing global politics uh, forever. And even them, they're like these well-off young white Republican dudes who show up for no other purpose than to be at the service of elected officials. And they're like, yeah, we just kind of clean toilets all day and then wait for someone to tell us what to do. Those are kind of like uh, the group of guys that would all gather around at that farm in Washington and have sex with horses. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Struts. <laughs> we got to get him on the podcast at some point. You really should. Oh, yeah. The horse. Gelded now. Does that matter? Well, I mean, I don't need to see it. <laughs> I don't point that thing at me, <laughs> please. I just want to talk to him, like to Mr. Struts. Jeff may fight Struts <laughs> instead of Danger because Danger is now a father, and I am worried about his well-being. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> Jeff should have to race Struts. Throw it out there. Let it yeah. fester because at some point Jeff will convince himself that that's a good idea if we just lay it there and let it like the secret sit. Just put it out there yeah. that a Jeff versus Struts triathlon is a thing the listeners would want. To That's see so and hear. That would be the most juche thing <laughs> possible. And I'm sure we're pronouncing that word wrong. And countless North Koreans <laughs> hearing this are enraged right now. But other translators? Yeah, tweet at us and let us know how we're supposed to pronounce, I like, pronounce it. I like juche. Uh, where is this fight, by the way, going to take place? Uh, your apartment, actually. We couldn't line anywhere else up. We should have it on the rooftop. Yeah, yeah. Because then there's a pool up there and we'll just like have a pool party after. Yeah. We want to fight with some water features. <laughs> I'm into all of that. Perfect. There's noodles for everybody. <laughs> uh, so the largest of these groups is uh, is called Shincheonji, which claims 200,000 members. And the way that group recruits people, they just go to regular churches and try to talk them into it there, which is shitty. So they poach them. Yeah. And uh, because of that, a lot of churches in South Korea have stickers on their doors that ban this group from entering. But how are you going to know until they're in there? I well, where are they recruiting at? Like, you know, like, is it after service? Is it? Yeah. I assume they're not just hopping on stage the bathroom and grabbing the mic like Kanye West at the VMAs. But Although, maybe. yeah, that that could be that could be fun to watch, if nothing else. And the one of the things about this, one of the things they mention, they don't really get into why this is happening, but they do have some theories. And one of them that I think makes sense, not just for this group, but also a group like the family, where we're talking about these young, well-off white dudes who've 
grown up in this probably sort of structured environment where they're expected to perform in a certain way. Once you get into a group where they're just like, look, man, clean a toilet, throw a football around in the front yard, don't curse, and we'll tell you when we need you. That's probably really freeing to not have any kind of pressure on you like that anymore. And one of the things they talk about in this article is that uh, one of the accepted treatments for addiction is finding a community and making connections with people. And a lot of these people are coming from a culture in South Korea where it's not just that you work and you study, like that's what you do. You work, you study. When you're 21, you go to the fucking military and then that's your life. And yeah. it, it what the word they use in this article is that in a lot of cases, people feel like they are addicted to working or addicted to studying. So if you're in that environment and you're just going to a regular church that is like, this is what God wants you to do. And then out of the blue, this other group approaches you and is like, no, you can just like mostly take it easy and work a normal job and uh, move to Fiji with us. And uh, you'll also be saved. That probably sounds pretty fucking appealing, especially if it's uh, an environment where all of those people are treating you as a family, where as opposed to it just like the church being just another thing you're expected to do in your life and everyone's there because they have to be there. Yeah. This is a place where everyone wants to be and they want you to be there too. It makes sense that people would fall into some of the darker things that these groups push. Yeah, I can see that. I just, I don't know. Again, I don't know what it's like, what typical day-to-day life in South Korea is like. I know, like I was talking to a guy the other day that I work with who's from, um, Pakistan and he goes yeah I remember when I came over to America he was like for the first like month my it was like my mouth and my eyes were just like you know open and so wide and like everything was like so like new and exciting and you guys take it for granted you know like you know and it could be something especially in Southern California like amusement parks but he was like you know I went hiking in Topanga Canyon the other day and it was just so beautiful and it's like oh yeah I don't know you know like I wouldn't if I have a day off, I'm probably still inside watching TV. Yeah. I mean, I've never been to South Korea, obviously, but the impression I've always gotten is that among like the big Asian nations, China, Japan, Korea, it seems like the most Americanized of the big Asian nations. And that probably has a lot to do with the Korean War and how that war shook out because Korea was just Korea before the Korean War. And then after the Korean War, it's North Korea and South Korea. And we're kind of in charge of protecting South Korea from North Korea. And like that war never ended. That war is just, there's just kind of been a ceasefire since the fucking 1940s between North and South Korea. And that's why things are so tense. And that's why we have such presence there because what we were fighting for in Korea was uh, we were basically trying to prevent a communist regime from taking over Korea and we only halfway won and that regime still controls the north although I'm not sure Kim Jong-un is even a fucking communist I don't know he's a he's a Jushaist <laughs> and in the south it's him and, him and Rodman right <laughs> exactly Very and in the south it's like a democracy 
it's it's a more Americanized style of government. I'm like, sure this is a very like that's where Samsung is basic it's, question, and I'm sure it has more to do with like business and trading and tariffs and stuff. But we do tend to insert ourselves as I think America into a lot of other people's business. Oh, do we? Yeah. Yeah, we definitely do. And that like the Is it unnecessary like it feels unnecessary because all I see is like okay, like don't we have enough internal problems, but then from a business standpoint, maybe it does make sense. Yeah, I mean if we're a communist country, it'd be harder to do business with them if we needed something. Well, I mean back then I I think we're getting into like conspiracy theory stuff or just like into a whole other podcast but there's always kind of been a want or need to be at war with something in this country because we make money producing the materials you need to fight a war we make a lot of money from it and in the absence of an enemy we find an enemy like i we just did an episode of conspiracy the show which if you listen to this podcast you might as well listen to that too Mm -hmm. like it they're kind of like twin podcasts and we just uh talked about fuck what now i forgot what the fuck we were talking about i don't korea yeah i just feel like sometimes america is like a 14 year old girl and whatever country we're fighting with is like i don't know a boy we're mad at yeah well it's what what i was getting at with conspiracy the show we just talked about a conspiracy called the new world order which is like the mother of all conspiracies it's this conspiracy that the global elite are working toward putting a one world government in place where there's no borders, there's no religions, there's no races. We're just all one, all citizens of earth with one government, which uh, depending on what side of the, the fence you're on sounds great or horrifying. Mm-hmm. And there's arguments either way. But I honestly, that was a conspiracy theory that had been circulating since the 1900s. And then at one point in the early 90s, when George H.W. Bush is president, George H.W. Bush, who used to run the CIA, so he knows a thing or two about putting plans in motion and influencing people. After communism fell in the early 90s, we didn't have an enemy to fight anymore. We'd been fighting communism for decades And now it collapses and it seems like we won, but who do we fight now? In that moment, George Bush all of a sudden starts throwing the words New World Order into all of his speeches. And already at that point, the group most associated with pushing that conspiracy theory was far-right extremists in the United States. And I honestly 100% think what George Bush was trying to do in that moment was scare right-wing extremists into taking action in the United States. So for the next few years, we could be like, we got an enemy, Mm -hmm. these fucking guys. And what happens over the course of the first half of the 90s? That's our enemy. Waco happens, Ruby Ridge, Oklahoma City, like that. That is the focus of our law enforcement efforts for the next few years. And I think that's why he brought it up. He didn't want a fucking one world government. He just wanted an enemy to fight. Wanted to stir the pot. George Bush Jr. is a 14-year-old girl. Oh, yeah. Well, he's he's in hell now. Oh, senior. Yeah. But he was a 14-year-old girl before that. <laughs> uh, all right. He's so juche. So juche. So let's talk about Grace Road Church specifically. Uh, they, they're small. 
the the numbers their membership numbers that I've seen in, in researching this range anywhere from four hundred to a thousand. Mm-hmm. So not like we have more. Technically, we're a bigger cult than Grace Road Church, which I don't know why I'm not asking people to move to another country with me already. What country could we move to? Costa Rica. And it would be very real world esque. Costa Rica. They have bot flies. But we can buy netting and things. We can take surf lessons all day. Fuck yeah. We, well, no. No? Sharks. No. Their water, though, is like bath water, and it's very beautiful. As somebody it's who like went bath to- bath water? Somebody who took a, a surf school there for three days. It's got dead skin cells and soap scum <laughs> floating on top of it. But very relaxing. Room temperature. Very soothing. Uh they have, even though they're really small, they've been in the news quite a bit lately. Not in our news, though. World news, as I mentioned earlier. They uh, still exist. You can visit their website at gr-church.org. And the website looks normal. It looks like a church website. But it's when you dig into the words. And here's the thing. I'm going to read this. You mentioned earlier it could be a translation thing. Uh, I don't know if that's why this sounds like this or if these people are just nuts. But here it goes. For so long, the secret of the will of God has been hidden. But now is the age when his will is perfectly revealed to prepare for the second coming of Jesus Christ and to make a world where only God is God on this earth. The age now is the one day that all prophets and apostles were waiting for. The day of the Lord, the day of the Son of Man, the day of judgment, the Sabbath of rest, the great day of atonement when the soul will be sanctified, the utopia that all humans look for is a world without evil, and this is possible now. That, to me, just sounds crazy. I don't think that's a translation thing. First, I thought it said God is good, but then I saw it was God is God. I'm like, I don't really. That's their whole. They want to. If you dig deeper into their website, one of the things they want to do is start a broadcast network called the God is God network. Only God is God. Because overall, with the the day of the Lord, the day of the Son of Man, the day of judgment, and the Sabbath, it feels very. christian slash catholic but then also like the end is near what's well, fringe christian yeah it feels very um uh jehovah's witness pamphlet yeah it's it it's definitely a doomsday end yes, times if you don't believe you're going to hell cult. yeah which is fiji now uh they were founded in 2002 by pastor shin oak uh preached that uh she preaches that there is an imminent famine and that her followers need to find and prepare a new home for the second coming of Jesus. And they land on Fiji, but we'll get to why. And here's one of the reasons I think what's on their website isn't necessarily just a broken English translation thing. They're already operating in the United States. The 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 thing that brings this group national attention is a lawsuit that happens in Queens, New York, mm-hmm. where they had set up a branch and the the founder of the group, Okju Shin or Shin Okju, it's written both ways because I'm an ignorant American. Very Shinjai. I don't know why. Very Juche. I mean, no, that's not. Shinjai. Shin, oh, Shin, uh, yeah. What? <laughs> 
Uh, she was hit with a $6 million lawsuit over her care for a 27-year-old follower suffering from mental illness. In 2012, Seung Yik Chung was moved from his parents' home in Connecticut to a newly opened branch of Grace Road Church in Queens, New York. He was suffering from psychosis, and the thought was that he could be cured through prayer. Over the course of 10 days, his wrists and knees were duct taped to a chair or bed, cutting off circulation in his leg. And during this time, he wasn't allowed to take his uh, psychosis medication that he had been taking up to this point. Uh, As we find out in one of the... uh, And that actually matches... I kind of just made this connection, but this actually matches something that one of the people who eventually escapes this group and really brings it to the attention of Korean authorities, it it matches one of the things she says, where she uh, ended up in this church and wanted Mm anti-anxiety medication that she had brought with her. And her mom was like, church doesn't uh, approve of that. Yeah, the mom ignored her while she got screamed at. Well, that's the mom does that later. But she, she ignores her twice, basically. Like one time she just tells her no, then she, tell, then she ignores her. We'll get to it. Yeah. It's a whole thing. Uh, so, yeah, he was suffering from psychosis. They tape him to a bed. They also tape a towel over his mouth to muffle his screams at night. And he was finally released and taken to a dermatologist after his leg started turning black. He had gangrene and the leg had to be amputated. No word on whether he's still depressed, though. Uh, he seemed okay in the YouTube video I watched. Does he? <laughs> uh, it's odd. It, not that it's funny, but just dermatologist, like not ER. Yeah. Like you wanted to check out a skin color. I mean, first? it was probably like a family dermatologist. Oh, Like I'm probably sure. a doctor that was in their sphere of influence who wouldn't go to the police there are multiple reasons that i get uncomfortable um that i'm not a fan of cults you could be (laughs) controversial carrie you might be adam but um one i don't like being told what to do uh two i love my xanax sure how dare you deny me the end and my um my whiskey which some might call a medicine so i think it started as a medicine if nothing else as Uh, did weed Excuse me while I partake. The sexual abuse, the lack of sleep, the lack of food, and the rampant beatings, I don't really get the allure. And well, I know they don't put that in their initial pamphlet. Yeah, you don't see it in the pamph. No. They they sort of spring that on you when you get there, I think. It's like a slow burn. Yeah, it's a long con, for sure. And then I guess you just don't know how to get out. It's It's hard for me to read or watch things on cults because everyone has the same underlying uh it's it's just like how did they get there it's so sad it's always like the craziest story because a lot of these people are relatively like they're just smart and you know they're healthy and they look normal and they have decent jobs and they're educated and you just think like well that could be any of us right and the thing about these groups i like we always end up focusing on those people in their stories because they're the ones who get out and are able to tell us. But I think in a lot of cases, the ones who get out are the ones who ended up there despite having some sort of family structure that they could have leaned on. Mm -hmm. There was just whatever reason there was a rift and they ended up in the arms of this group instead. Like how many people end up in these groups because they don't have that family structure. Right. And there's no one for them to call and go, shit, I'm in a cult. 
come get me. They end up there because they had no one, and now this is all they have. Yeah. So how many of those people are there that are never going to leave? And like you have to, I think as a cult, kind of recruit the wrong person at some point to be found out. I was watching, I think it, I think it was on Oxygen. It was um, the Manson Women Now, and it showed, um, God, they were all given names by Spawn Ranch owner. I always thought the names were given to them, their nicknames by Charles Manson, but it was by the owner of the ranch who Charles Manson made a deal with, like, hey, if we work here and, um, yeah. you know, give your tours or whatever, then, um, you know, you'll let us live here. And the owner was getting older uh, and he couldn't really handle the ranch anymore, but he called one of the youngest girls Snake, and she was 13 or 14, and she said she left her family because they were radical, but she was already sexual, sexually active, and she was still ostracized by oh, her family yeah. and their little congregation. So then she ran into Charles Manson, and she goes, that first night, he made love to me like I'd never been made love to before, but it's like you're 13, like you don't know. Right. You really don't know what that means. But then she goes, the second time we had sex, it was like in a farmhouse on a dirt floor, uh, and he sodomized me, and then I was hurt and bleeding and crying, and he walked out, and he said, that's how we do it in prison. And it's like, oh. Yeesh. I know, right? But then she goes, but you kept wanting that first initial feeling. Right. So she goes, I knew I couldn't really, I couldn't go back to my family. So then I stay because I still wanted to gain his affection. So he had all of my loyalty. That's the other thing I don't like. Butt rape, butt rape stories bother me. They're a problem. They're <laughs> a huge fucking problem. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, the it's, I think that's a lot of how, cults operate is it's a bait and switch kind of situation mm -hmm. where you're sold one thing and then you get there and it's a lot different and even if you realize it's a lot different there's mechanisms in place to keep you from leaving and that's one of the things we see with this group but before we get to that let's talk about the video yeah that you mentioned it. it is weird because i think because i am that way with guys like wait i want you to love me why are you leaving me where did you go i think if it wasn't for like the strong work ethic and lack of feeding i would be in a cult maybe scientology is for you because you're at just that right level of yeah. like I'm on a precipice of something right and they could not only help you get over the edge but maybe you could help shore up their public image a little bit. I did hear they have sales quotas and I do not perform well under pressure. But see, if you're a, if you're a celeb Scientologist, you don't have to do any of that. I'm not, I'm not a celeb. But see, that's the thing. Oh, it's right on the, pretty scary. We've talked about you guys before. Right on the cusp. Do you have any pamps I can hand out on Hollywood Boulevard? Exactly. No, they'll just want you to push it in the podcast. You're so science yeah, and then you also just have to flatten some buttons every once in a while. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, as crazy as this story of the guy losing his leg sounds, the craziest part is that if you go to YouTube, uh, you'll find several videos of not only this guy, but also his sister and his mother uh, pleading their case that this church is being misrepresented and that everything that happened was mostly the fault of him and demons and the conservator it, right and what's uh i don't know if we mentioned but there was a six million dollar lawsuit filed in this case and that's what brings this group to uh the public's attention and one of the arguments they make in these videos is that well none of us wanted the lawsuit filed and it's like i don't think that's how lawsuits work 
I, I don't think I, I can just go file a lawsuit on your behalf right now. Right. Uh, well, he also said, I didn't know what a conservator was, and now I don't want him. Yeah. I don't want him anymore. He's obviously the devil, and he's trying to take down the church, and, he, and I want to go to Korea, and he does not have my best interests at heart. But it's like how... I mean, I don't know but how a conservatorship sa- works because I know Britney's dad is over Britney, but then they're also family. Yeah, that's the thing. We uh, I, we did an episode of another podcast uh, called You Should Watch This Documentary, which was my first documentary podcast, uh, about a documentary called Deprogrammed. And the woman who made that documentary wants to do an episode of Pretty Scary. Uh, so we should reach out to her. Uh, but that documentary, it's about the rise of cults in the 70s and 80s. And this guy named Ted Patrick, who was like the preeminent cult deprogrammer back then. And what he would do is just fucking kidnap people off the street and lock them in a room for a few days and like kind of berate them until they understood that what they were doing was stupid. And it's a controversial method because it's kidnapping. And some of those people wanted to be in those cults, but some of those people didn't want to be in cults. And what other option do you have? Like you have to kind of kidnap them back. So Mm -hmm. hearing this guy in this video say, no, this person doesn't have my interest, my best interest in mind, this cult that taped me to a Bed and, and I lost my leg. Forced my leg to be amputated because I had a demon inside me. Has my best interest in mind. It's like when I hear you say that, I don't think you're able to tell me who has your best interest in mind. Yeah, I think someone else has to decide that, and that's what's happening. And like, of course, this lawsuit should like if he went to a regular fucking hospital to be treated for depression and lost his leg due to gangrene. Mm-hmm. That's an instant malpractice. Like hospitals have insurance against things like that. Like, of course there would be a lawsuit. So there's n- really nothing this guy could say to me. Well, they're very upset and they think these YouTube tutorials are going to help them because how many bake sales are they going to have to put on to negate? They are, they're only 400 members strong. Right. I don't know what their tithing practices are. I know for Catholics, it's recommended 10%. But again, there's only 400 people for Grace Road. Yeah. Well, we find out in the next section here what their their procedure for making money is. It's basically mm. slavery. Mm. Uh, but let's listen to just a little bit of one of these videos because it'll it gives you an idea of what this group is pushing. And let's put a voice to the, the, the ideas. Here we go. That's when I met our pastor. After I met our pastor, I learned so many things from listening to the word. One of the most shocking things I've learned was about the demons. The Bible says that you will have eternal life if you believe in Jesus. But then why did the disciples who have followed Jesus die? That's because the demons were inside the disciples. You can go alive only when there is no demon. We can also go alive when our souls are cleansed. The way for that is to hear the word and understand. When you hear and understand the interpretation of tongues, then the demons go out and never come back. Got all that? Yep. And see, that's the thing. It Well, first of all, there's words in the background of all three videos that say arise, comma, shine, exclamation mark. Then they have the organ music. When he gets to the serious stuff, 
it goes quiet. And then when it goes back to the emotional stuff about how great she is, then the organ player is cued to start playing again. Yeah, it's a, the, it's a video that's produced by Grace Road Church. Oh, ob- it's yeah, on their obby. website. It's got their watermark on the video. And that just seems like all the more reason to be suspicious that this group is a legitimate and dangerous cult because mm-hmm. under no circumstances does a a normal thinking person lose their leg in the course of being treated for mental illness and then go on YouTube and vehemently defend the people well, that the made that happen. Family. So the was whole the entire family. family. The sister was charged in yeah. uh, her and her fiance. Yeah, with She's reckless eight or ten months in prison. Yeah. Reckless endangerment, I think she was charged with. And yeah, she actually went to prison. And to see them come out the other end of that, still defending the church, like, obviously it's a cult. Yeah. But like, who put the pressure on them? What was the threat? And all three of them, I mean, they look, even the guy, even though he did not blink, um, and he looked heavily sedated. He was very articulate. I mean, all of them are very articulate and they look very well put together. Yeah, they're, I mean, that's the thing about cults. Cults are kind of like the CIA. You have one image of what people in either of those groups look like. And then when you see them in real life, it's like, oh, okay. That's like my neighbor or my coworker or something. That's all they are. And yeah, no different with like, I think part of uh, his demeanor, and you would have to watch the video to understand what we're talking about. I'll link to them all on unpops.com. Uh, I think part of it is that he is suffering from some degree of mental illness, probably got a lot worse after he lost his leg. And uh, I think that comes through a little in how he talks and presents his message. But also, I think the one who least needed subtitles... Oh, like, I agree. Like I could understand what he was saying. I agree. And the his video was the shortest, but the I thought the most interesting. The sisters I watched about five minutes, and the mom's was just unnecessary. Yeah, the sisters is the most cult like mm-hmm. for sure, uh, which you would expect out of someone who goes to prison for ten months over this and still comes out loyal to that cult. And very gracie. Yeah, very gracie. Mm. That's what we should call this. I'm kind of worried about just calling this episode Grace Road Church because there's also a like normal church in the United States called Grace Road Church. And if you search Grace Road Church right now, they come up first. I don't want to. I would think it's I don't a pretty knock common them, name, Grace Road Church. I don't want to knock them out of position. Yeah, no, I. Is all I'm yeah. saying. Grace, <laughs> it is. Right. Uh, so this lawsuit in 2014 brings them all this unwanted attention. So they do what any cult worth their weight in robes does. They flee to another country. Mm. And in this case, Fiji. And uh, really interesting reasoning. They scouted 60 different countries and finally settled on Fiji. So I don't know if this part is uh, coincidence. I think they were reaching, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, it could be. But... One of the things this group teaches is that a great famine is coming and that they have to find a new land to escape to, to build a new life. And as luck would have it, at least according to this article, which is on rnz.co.nz, which is uh, a, a website in New Zealand, 
I don't know why I gave it that tone when I was just, it's just a normal news website in New Zealand. Jesus. Uh, but according to this site in Korean, F.I. means escape or shelter and J.I. means place or land. So they literally escaped to a place that in Korean means escape land. Mm-hmm. That tracks. Totes. Like if you got 60 other options on the table, you got to whittle it down somehow. You're like, ah, escape land. That's not a trap. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what other countries they went to, but who doesn't want to go to Fiji? Fiji does sound nice. It looks nice. They sound very welcoming. The picture that was showed almost looked like just fields and kind of like this beautiful like blue sky, um, which in the Midwest, they actually have a lot of open fields and like nice open sky too. My friend in Iowa sent me a picture the other night and it was like the purple and the pink clouds and like the corn it was actually just like maybe i wouldn't move back to iowa iowa or fiji is there a difference <laughs> i think most people when they're like destination wedding yeah where do we go on our honeymoon field of dreams fiji of dreams <laughs> escape land yeah <laughs> field of dreams or escape land uh so almost as soon as they get there things take a dark turn there's reports that passports are being seized so no one can leave. Also very culty. Right. Very culty. And there are reports of violence trickling out. It's also said that uh, people who arrived, uh, several of them were forced to work on a plantation or at one of the several church-run businesses they started in Fiji. Restaurants, laundromats, salons, hardware stores, a construction wing. They had it all. And despite having already by this point been labeled a cult in korea that's one of the other things that this lawsuit happens they get labeled a cult in korea and they're like all right we got to move so uh despite that having already happened uh they were welcomed with open arms by the government of fiji and have been ever since because they moved there in 2014 in 2018 they received a prime minister's business award from the government of fiji this is a quote Grace Road Group successfully demonstrates how innovative farming methods, passion, and a strong desire for quality can lead to excellence. Since its establishment, the group has focused on developing its rice production for Fiji to ultimately become self-sufficient. And what they don't mention is that the labor force used to win this award, among other things, uh, one, isn't paid and two is watched by a group of church members called guardians who just are at these businesses to make sure no one tries to run out the front door while they're working. Kind of like the people like at a prison who are in those towers. Yeah. Or like the, when you drive past like a chain gang, mm. do they still do those? Probably in the South. I think in the South they still do. It feels very Southern. And there's that one guy. Southern Shay. Walking at Southern Shay. There's that one guy walking around with the uh, the shotgun. Mm-hmm. This Always. church has that, which that's normal, right? Totes. But for the most part, all of the talk of slavery and beatings was just that. There was talk, at least for a few years. And the church issued a bunch of strong denials uh, just telling the world, look, we got haters. Haters gonna hate. Yeah, we brush them off. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. But then five people managed to escape the group and make their way back to South Korea, where they told authorities about what was going on. The first story that came out, this is 
both of these stories are fucking nuts. Uh, you can read this one on theguardian.com. It's called Kidnapped by Mum, the American Teenager Trapped in a South Korean Cult by Kate Lyons. And it tells the story of a girl named Elise, not her real name, who went back home to South Korea in 2013 after her mom found out she'd been smoking weed. Which is like so annoying to me (laughs) because one, it's legal in so many places, but you don't really see like a lot of erratic behavior on weed. Like people just seem to chill out. It's like Xanax or whatever, which is like prescribed in most places. Weed arrests still infuriate me. But you have to think about it from the the standpoint of someone in a very conservative family. Like Korea is a whole other fucking culture. Right. And I think the story that uh best demonstrates that is there was a really famous Korean Airlines crash that uh happened in I wanna say it was the late eighties, might have been in the nineties, but it came out after this crash happened that one of the co-pilots knew that the conditions they were flying under was probably going to lead to this plane crashing. So you just heard token? No. They the culture in Korea and especially at Korean Airlines at the time was if someone is in a position of authority, you do not question them, no matter what. Questioning them is going, especially not in public, where it's going to embarrass them. So instead of, and it is, it was so ingrained in him that instead of violating that, he let the fucking plane crash. And after that, Korean Air, like, instituted all this training and was like, hey, not here. Like, you can do that at home. Like, you can respect authority at home to that degree, but... If you know a plane crash is going to happen, you need to say something. But it took that training to break fucking airline pilots of that ingrained sense of respect for authority. So if you're growing up in one of these super conservative Korean families and you're in the United States and your mom in Korea finds out you're smoking weed, that's a fucking emergency. Mm -hmm. Like you're going to fly home over some shit like that. And hopefully the co-pilot is doing his job. Uh, so I like, it sounds crazy to us, but it's a whole different culture. And I get like, I, I, I get why she went back home. Yeah, no, it, it, you're right. It does make sense. And that's the, so she was in America doing what we do best, just party. Yeah. We turn up. She's just being a, a typical American teen or early 20 year old. And that was yeah. part of it. I, have you seen crazy rich Asians? Mm hmm. Uh, they talk about people being Americanized mm-hmm. a lot in that movie. And I think that was part of this, too, because they mentioned in this article that part of the reason for her coming home was uh, to spend time away from her American friends. Right. So it was kind of a, well, our daughter's getting Americanized. Let's bring her back home. And uh, what happens is... Her mom convinces her to go spend a weekend with her at Grace Road Church, which to this girl was nothing but a church. She didn't know anything about it. And she gets there. They're staying for the weekend. And then her mom's like, hey, let's stay for a week. Didn't she say um, like the mom had cancer and she refused to take her meds? That's two different stories. Oh, it is. Yeah, there's there's another story after this one. And I couldn't 
tell at first if these were the same girls. Uh, hashtag no racism. Uh, the reason for that is because in this article, the girl uses a fake name. Mm. And in the second article, the girl uses her real name. And their stories are kind of similar. And you don't see the girl's face in this article. And the stories are kind of similar and came out at the same general time. But the way they end is different. Yeah. And so I think they are different stories. And I think these are part of the, these two are part of the five people that escaped and were able to tell their story. And so she gets there and after a week, uh, her mom still hasn't taken them back home. It turns into two weeks and they get in an argument. And during this argument about her wanting to leave, she starts having a panic attack and she tells her mom she wants her anti-anxiety medication and her mom says no. The church frowns on that so I threw your anti-anxiety medication away. Mm-hmm. At which point this girl is dragged kicking and screaming to a sermon where she overhears uh, Shin Okju say, do you hear that? She has a demon inside of her and that's why she's screaming. Do you want to turn out like that? And then she's forced to sit in the front row while this woman preaches directly at her. And she says the whole time she's like signaling at her mom that she needs this medication and her mom just ignores her mm-hmm. altogether. And uh, it is... Uh, Somebody who's had a panic attack. I mean, when you're already in the throes of it, that would be like hell. And then the person... Yeah, I mean, this uh, sounds like horror movie shit. Yeah. Like this would be like the midpoint so in a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Like, because she describes like this obviously is the moment where she realized, Oh, my mom kidnapped me. I've been kidnapped and, and took away her. What was it? Like her iPod and her laptop, her laptop and her iPod, which her, like you think, Oh, iPod. Why? But those connect to Wi-Fi, and you can mm-hmm. use them to FaceTime. So that's right. how she talked to people back in the United States. And she eventually manages to sneak out during one of these sermons and gets to a convenience store where she's able to call her sister. Her sister and father end up coming to pick her up and uh, she gets back to South Korea. Or actually, no, oh, that's the other difference in the two stories is this one happens in South Korea. The other girl is in Fiji. So this is still when they're in South Korea, because this was 2013. And she uh, manages to escape and then is suffering from depression and attempts to kill herself. She survives, and in the hospital, her mom calls her from Grace Road Church and says, people who commit suicide deserve to be in hell. I'm interested in what the sister and the dad think of the mom and her church obsession they don't i i think none of them this she says in this article it's the last time she saw her mom and i think that's but the dad saved her right when she when she escaped so it's like were they separated yeah i think the mom kind of just kidnapped her yeah and uh, escaped with her and i think the family probably didn't know where she was cuz that's why like she escapes to a convenience store and has to tell them where she's it she and is if the mom was still in the church she'd somehow found out that her daughter was in the hospital how right that's some big brother shit it sure is uh so yeah that was one of the and that story came out in late 2018 
Another story uh, broke in 2018 about a girl named Seyon. Seyon Che. Seon Che, uh, who traveled back home to Korea from the United States to care for her sick mother. Uh, Her dad was already dead. Her mom had cancer. And her mom tells her when she goes back to Korea to visit, her mom tells her that she will only seek treatment for her cancer if her daughter accompanies her to a sermon at Grace Road Church. And the daughter goes and she says this. It was very bizarre. There were people screaming, crying, speaking in tongues, and the sermon was about how the end times were coming. I told my mom, I think it's a cult, but she didn't believe me. And she goes back to the U.S. and then finds out her mom still isn't getting treatment for cancer, and her mom says she'll only do it if her daughter quits school and moves back to Korea. And her daughter does it because, again, you got to respect that authority. And... Also, her mom's dying. And who knows if, like, she might have been like, okay, cancer's making my mom crazy. I'm just going to fucking quit school for a bit and go take care of her, and then I'll get back to it. I mean, I I don't want to say once that excuse. (laughs) Like, it's a bad one, but it's like, oh, you're forcing me to quit school? Like, okay. Yeah. Oh, no. (laughs) But she went, uh, so she goes back to Korea, and her mom undergoes surgery for her cancer. And then she's just, she's like, uh, you know what I want to do? recover in Fiji Mm -hmm. and the daughter still sounds pleasant. It sounds very nice. And the daughter being on a break from school and responsibilities is like, she's skeptical, but she's like, all right, let's go hang out in Fiji for a while. And then they land in Fiji. And as they're pulling up to a compound, the daughter realizes I've been kidnapped. I am in this cult now. Like she realized upon seeing the place, what was happening. And she was right. Uh, and all of the same things happen to her. Her passport is taken. All of her means of communicating with the outside world are taken. But after a few weeks, she manages to just kind of break through the front door. And she describes it like she had to break through people blocking her. And she gets out to the street where she manages to flag down a police officer. He drove her to safety and helped her obtain an emergency passport to leave the country. On her way to the embassy, her mother found her and in the name of trying to keep her from leaving, told Seon that she was adopted and that all of her family back in Korea was in the process of moving to Grace Road. And here's the thing. The adoption part, true. Oh, she was adopted? Yeah. The part about her family all moving to Grace Road was not. But she does say in the article, that's how my mom told me. That's a lot of layers. It sure is. Yeah. That's a whole lot. It's a big onion. And uh, so what finally brings this woman down, or at least the leader of this church down, because the church is still going. It's still, they're still operating in Fiji with the blessing of the Fiji, the government of Fiji. They're like, we're going to look into it. But they're also, this group, I think, is contributing so much to the economy that they don't want them to leave. Yeah, sustaining it. Uh, This is a very slap-happy cult. They are, if you go to... There's a documentary that I wasn't able to find, but apparently a documentary aired in Korea in July 2018. And there's screenshots from it. We'll link to the BBC article where they talk about it. But there's all these screenshots of her just smacking the shit out of motherfuckers. Well, there was like a short two-minute video clip. Oh, was there a video clip in one of the articles? Yeah, there was. See, I immediately went to YouTube and started looking for the documentary. Yeah, it's like two minutes, and there's a part at one of them 
where a mother and daughter are sitting across from each other, just taking turns slapping each other. And sometimes she would grab um, the church members by the hair. My guess is that they were women and drag them up by their hair and then be like, give me scissors. And then would cut their hair and uh, say, say something about, I think their hair being a demon or them being a demon. She did that to two different women. And then it showed the mother and daughter sitting across from each other. And so the, and they were just sitting there waiting for instructions on how to slap. And so that the daughter would slap the mom on both cheeks. And then the mom would stand up and slap the daughter on both cheeks. And it was like, it sounded like it hurt. I'm sure, yeah, they, well, they have a name for it. They called them ground thrashings. And it was uh, something to- they did when people were thinking of leaving the church. I thought it was also to beat the demons out of each yeah, other. Yeah, and to, to that, that is their means of exercising demons, is beating the shit out of each other. Yeah. And there, it's mentioned in the documentary, at one point, a son beat his father 100 to 200 times at one ground thrashing session. Another congregant was hit more than 600 times and died after returning home. And the uproar over this documentary led to an investigation and uh, Shin Okju was sentenced to six years in prison for her crimes. And in that article, they interview the uh, girl who escaped after her mom told her she had cancer. And uh, she was like, that's not enough. Like she enslaved hundreds of people who are still enslaved. She should probably be in jail longer than that. Uh, She certainly shouldn't get out and just take over that group again, which seems like is probably what's going to happen if they just arrest her and let the group stay in place. It seems like for the most part, cult leaders serve the most time when there's some sort of sexual misconduct. And maybe I'm wrong, but it's typically male cult leaders. And unless there's a murder, if there is some sort of sexual abuse with minors, that's when it seems right. like they go away for the longest. Yeah. Uh, that And that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, that's definitely a, a serious crime. Yeah, I think there's there's probably an argument that to be made that the people went willingly, which, like, if you have to take this woman to court and file charges that are going to stick i mean those that's probably all stuff you have to take into account are they are the people really enslaved if the woman who enslaved them is now in prison and they're all still there right but at the same time even if the answer is yes one it's going to be hard to prove in court and two what do the south korean authorities do about that because it's going to involve entering the sovereign nation of fiji and interfering in their affairs. And Fiji might be like, hey, we welcomed him here. And we gave him an award. Yeah, we gave him an award. Kind of a award. bogus award, but an award nonetheless. Yeah, they're contributing to our economy. Mm-hmm. How about you mind your own fucking business and let these people move here if they want to move here? Yeah. And then it becomes a whole fucking thing. So you end up at six years in prison. And it will fly by. It will fly by and she'll be out and back to smacking the shit out of yeah. people without video cameras around in no time at all. Do you think they were filming it? Do you get good time? So like, could she get out at 50% of her time, like three years? That I don't, I don't know how that works in South Korea. Interesting. Uh, But yeah, that's Grace Road Church there. You can go out and look at their website. We'll link to all the stuff on unpops.com. That is our episode. 
That was fun. That was fun. So if you get a chance, um, yeah, uh, follow us at Pretty Scary Boucher and <laughs> uh, give us a good review if you enjoyed this. And please share your thoughts on this cult. Yeah. And what you heard today. Tell us. And this is episode 99. Next one is triple digits. Next one is episode 100. We were going to record that this week and it fell through. It did. We got to get Caitlin, Caitlin in the room. falling on hard familial times. I believe I wrote something similar. I have an episode. Oh, that's right. Celebrity, although they're not celebrity, but familial deaths in close in time close proximity. proximity. Did you curse, curse Caitlin? Caitlin? Probably. Family. Yeah. Maybe. Probably. All right. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, follow us on the places. I don't think I have anything else to plug. And yeah, our 100th episode is coming next. Mm-hmm. We got to figure out what we're going to do for that. Carrie, say goodbye. Goodbye, Shay. Goodbye, everybody. We love you.